0: Welcome, everyone, to the Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. No, the other Pete. Whichever Pete. Go ahead, Pete. Call me, sir. The Marvel Movie Podcast by
1: Fantastic Geek for Spider-Man No Way Home is brought to you by Flashpoint. One spider two hearts,
0: a million crazy ass memories. Pete, here we are the Monday after Spider-Man No Way Home came out. No one saw it coming that this movie would do 260 million dollars at the American box office, 341 outside the United States to 587 total, a movie that in this country and in the countries where it's been able to play Has been certainly in this country, uh, corona proof. Uh, hopefully, everybody viewing in a safe manner, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, on Friday, the estimates were that the U.S. box office would be, you know, 120, 130. This is this is a this is a hit for the ages given the given the present time in which it has come out.
1: We went back to the theater for this. Um, I say that in terms of matt and myself uh i had not been to a movie theater since february of 2020 uh with matt um i would not go after this weekend now that uh omicron is fully running rampant and uh cases in new jersey uh are at record levels uh so we did it matt we did it but um this was the box office for uh, No Way Home was was running high. The pre sales were robust. Um, I think it's the you know nature of the pent up demand of the character of what is in the film, who is in the film, and some of the worst kept secrets in Hollywood history. Uh, but you you get that out there, and this is the result.
0: I would add to it look, this clearly was not a movie made to come out, you know, during a pandemic and so forth, but there's an allure to Spider Man as a character that transcends many other popular characters. Um, add to it that you obviously get multiple Spider Men in this movie and, and all of that. It just ends up being, and the fact that the movie is. You know, it is is a viewing success for the audience. Pete, this movie has an A plus for Cinema Score, and what Cinema Score uh, tracks is audience sentiment. So, for example, you could go see uh, in 1994, you could go see Jurassic Park and say th- you say for yourself personally, or in a Cinema Score poll, that was an A plus for what I wanted. Also, in 1994, you could go see Schindler's List, and you could say that was an A plus for what I expected out of that movie um spider-man no way home is the 94th movie ever to get an a plus from cinema score in 40 years um so the fact that audiences got what they wanted i think we can add ourselves to that voice that they did it they did it in bringing back the multiple versions of the character they did it in giving us just this this warm bowl of chicken soup to say you know what it's going to be okay what you used to have and your your past nostalgia is okay. Everything everything is okay with your spren- friendly neighborhood Spider Man.
1: I wouldn't say in terms of degree of di- difficulty, you know, they were at a ten. Uh, but you you look at the recipe and and we'll talk about it. And they have all the ingredients, and it absolutely works. I mean that this is the biggest December opening behind um Star Wars The Force Awakens uh and they trail just the big two Avengers movies and sure this is going to mean more for uh Spider-Man.
0: And speaking of more particularly, you know, Pete anytime we do a Marvel movie, uh some new listeners find us, so yes, this episode releasing obviously on our Marvel Movie podcast feed on our pop culture podcast feed that gets everything that we do tomorrow. We will be doing our final book of Boba Fett uh, preview ahead of that series starting next week. We'll be talking about the Hawkeye uh, season series, uh, certainly season finale on Thursday, December 23rd. That's out of its normal Saturday spot. Uh, then we'll be talking star Trek discovery uh, Sunday, December 26th. And then Pete give us a little peek. In the week after that week, which I guess is next week. Wow. All of this is happening very quickly.
1: week from today here, Matrix Monday, Matt. We're dubbing it Matrix Resurrections Hits uh, Theaters and HBO Max on Wednesday, December 22nd. Uh, We will be bringing to Patreon, but free for all, uh, our Matrix Resurrections uh, podcast. So be sure to check that out when we catch you up on what went down best threequel ever
0: Ooh, that's an interesting question pete it's got to certainly be on the list um i mean
1: definitely the best third spider-man ever hang on uh spider-man
0: jazz sequence um uh... Pete, when you put it like that, I mean, I distinctly remember going to see Toby Three, and just you at a certain point in the first third, it's just like, oh, the the air is coming out of this balloon. Um, <laughs> contrasted with this, like, there was never a point that it didn't feel like the right decisions were being made, which is kind of incredible because even if you said, well. I, I would argue that one decision they didn't need to make, and we'll get there when we get there, but I also understand, you know, basic form of drama and how sometimes to leave the nest, the nest must be taken away. I mean, given
1: the the third in a trilogy usually being soft, uh, I have to say that out of the three films, this is the strongest. Again, given the nature of what they did here, Uh, And that they did it, Matt. Uh, Keeping those leaks low, all right? The Charlie Cox screenshot in the last uh, week or so from a British talk show forced Kevin Feige to come out and say, well, he's going to be our Matt Murdoch daredevil. Can't tell you when he'll show up, if that happens. But when it does, he's going to be our guy.
0: And I have to say, for anybody like myself who was trying to avoid that as a spoiler, Fiji's quote, which is, we're going to go with Charlie Cox if ever we use Daredevil, and if ever we use Daredevil, it's going to be Charlie Cox. Like, it was enough to say, at the very least, it was enough to put me back into La La Land, despite the fact that it was also just out there that Charlie Cox, I was out there from a year ago that Charlie Cox was playing a character, and it was like, I, I, I think it would be Dare. I think it would be Matt Murdoch. but you know, would it be impossible for him to be playing someone else or for him to be playing a named lawyer wink? Like th- there was enough flexibility between all three daredevil, a lawyer to be used later, to be named later, <laughs> or just some other person just like, you know, Gemma Chan is in multiple ones, but she's playing different people. It was all possible. And I think his quote did enough where I have to admit, Pete, I didn't, check the actual screenshot from the British thing. I just saw the Kevin Feige article and it was like, okay, that's good enough for me to still believe there's a chance that, that that he, that he would be and to believe there's a chance he wouldn't be. You know, everybody's
1: so hyped up that Matt Murdoch is back. And, you know, we've had obviously uh, Feige confirm this, but uh, what's gone under the radar, Matt is that foggy Nelson was back too.
0: Uh really? I I must have missed that. In the same scene. Really? Uh John Favreau. Oh, that foggy Nelson.
1: Okay. So they didn't just do it to us with Spidey. They they brought the Daredevil <laughs> universe back before even the the multiverse cracked open
0: so pete i think you're being slightly tongue-in-cheek here i know that john <laughs> favreau was still playing happy hogan uh in that scene although the fact that it's another cinematic you know universe foggy nelson uh, i hadn't even occurred that hadn't even occurred to me in part because
1: well this is what i'm here for
0: that movie is like um <laughs> is there's, like, a,
1: there's a fantastic geek podcast of that extended count.
0: That's a rough movie. I, I, I reject. A, a key, it. You know, get
1: on get on that bad boy. Um but Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield here, the secrecy it took to have them, and again the denials from Garfield at least, you know, making the the uh press junket rounds for uh tick tick boom, you know, oh I, I I'd love to be in that one day. I'm not in this Spider-Man movie and then that he's the first to show up. Um and uh I didn't realize, Matt, he's 38 years old.
0: Well, A, I'm surprised to hear that. B, the theater when we saw this, there was a section of people who mm-hmm. who 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 energetically applauded when he showed up. Um I don't think in terms of confirmation of the rumor, just affirmation of Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And you had right. said that they're applauding the least good cinematic Spider-Man. <laughs> and it kind of occurred to me, um, if you're a certain age and his movies were the first Spider-Man movies that you saw in a right. movie theater, or maybe you saw a period, like, I, can, I, I, I can tell you what's wrong with the first one and led me to not ever see the second one uh, all the way through. But A, that's not Andrew Garf- Garfield's fault. And B, they're not terrible movies. They're just not as good as the f- the first two Tobys. So if that's your guy, guess what? No harm, no foul. That's your guy. It's Sony's I... fault that they killed Uncle Ben again. <laughs> it's Sony's fault that they decided to, do a, you know, to reboot the way they did. This is not an Andrew Garfield problem. And I think that's part of what this movie explores. We love Andrew Garfield. We just don't love his movies. Well, listen,
1: thank North Korea, Matt. And we know that they're listening. <laughs> Okay, that uh, it went the way that it did and that the interview riles up Kim Jong Un and that the emails of Sony executives, uh, including the awful ones that uh, producer Amy Pascal, who somehow uh, escaped criticism for the vile and disgusting things she's written, um, come out so that uh, Spider-Man can be in. A Captain America: Civil War, and we can ultimately get to this point. Um, That amazing Spider-Man universe, and for fear of letting those rights lapse, uh, was going to turn into the the secret of the Secret Six, the uh, Sinister Six. uh, You know, team up movie. Uh, There were two other. Amazing Spider-Man uh, movie writing teams uh, named, um, including the writers for the second, uh, Alex Kurtzman, who we cover over on Star Trek now is is leading that universe. And Bob Orkey, uh, who wrote Amazing Spider-Man 2, they were going to write the fourth one. Um, so there were big, big plans. And... I mean, listen, I had not seen those movies until about the last week. And I got them in because I knew this was coming. Um, and again, that I think that's a little bit part of this box office. Wow. Yes, there is the I'm going to hold myself away from spoilers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but Matt, even yourself, you were aware this
0: was coming. Yeah, Um, But, but how, and to what degree, like, if you told me before the theater dark, and if you told me, Hey, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to appear in five minutes of this movie, um, la Matt Damon in Thor two, or maybe a bit more than that, but you know, similar to that, I'd be like, all right, rock and roll. Like, yeah, the the multiverse has come. Dun, dun, dun. And there they are like that, that sort of thing okay um i i do think there was a certain statement of uh of intent when charlie cox does show up like i think that that rather presages the other two showing up that it's like it's not just charlie cox it's boom here's the cane here's charlie cox in the shades and then it's you know and then it's you know he he names himself or someone names him as matt murdoch like it's very clear like we are doing this we are committed to doing this. This is not, you know, one scene. Oh, I'm the I'm the lawyer that's questioning, talking to you at the police thing. It's no. This is very clearly Matt Murdoch, and then later we get Toby and Andrew um unambiguously and and out of necessity for the story for all of them. So they did it, Pete,
1: with the marketing and the build up of everything there, playing their hands out as far as who they would admit was in the film. Okay. And we got Dr. Octopus early on and the hints at the other villains, uh, really what I call here, the ghosts of Christmas past. They cherry picked villains from each of the five previous films.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think they did it in the right way in terms of um, Spider-Man two with Doc Ock for a long time was the best comic book movie that there was. I think that maybe if you, if you look back, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not as right as it used to be in terms of it's half a Doc Ock movie and half a Peter Parker, you know, personal drama movie. And it really is squished together there. Um But it's, 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 it's an achievement of a movie to give Doc Ock the, pride of place as the first villain to be redeemable which let's not forget pete amidst all of this the story of the story of redemption and the story of believing in someone uh it's there but i think it's also easy enough to lose sight like when gabi goes badder again and worser again and worstest and when there's all these things in the story that are razzle dazzle and fun the through line of Doc Ock is the first one to say, wait, am I fighting the right fight? And as soon as somebody says, no, you're not, he's redeemable. He was always kind of an anti-hero in in Spider-Man 2. Um, And same thing, I mean, Pete, Willem Dafoe has been around so long and he's so good in everything. I had forgotten that he could play so nice and so menacing, sometimes in the same scene.
1: And here's a guy, Matt. So obviously the script process for this you've got to know that you're going to get defoe's Norman Osborne okay and so they go to him and they present the plan and it's pretty much the same with everybody but Defoe's like 69 years old um I want to play as many as my stunts as I can that's part of doing this that's the real fun I have and the gameness that this guy has in doing this, I I think it's completely apparent in the product.
0: Yeah. Um, And I mean, the the anecdote that had gotten out because it was not a huge surprise that he was in it uh, various, was it, what was it? The earliest preview of this had green goblins laugh and the, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the green bombs and whatnot. So to have the leaked story that, uh, what was it? Tom Holland was on the set wearing, you know, a hooded robe to protect people from seeing him in the suit and who knows what else. You know, like, facial damage makeup and, and all that. And he bumps into somebody else, and the somebody else is like, you know, watch where the bleep you're going. And Tom Holland's like, wait, that sounds like Willem Dafoe, and he didn't know Willem Dafoe was gonna be there. And the whole thing where it's like, these two hooded people backstage in the dark bumping <laughs> into each other, and it's Spider-Man and Green Goblin getting ready for a scene. It's just... I mean, that's just the magic of the movies right there. I mean, of
1: all of them, and Alfred Molina had had spoken out more than a year ago that he was in this, so that was really public, um, the Devo thing. But uh, Electro, okay? Pun intended, Matt, gets gets the best glow-up of all these villains. I mean, the lizard sucks. Um, to... Redeem him in that way. I mean, those those two films, those villains are awful. I mean, they even mention Rhino in this film, uh, the plans for him to have come back with uh, Paul Giamatti. Um, but you know, just the way that they go at it. You know, Sandman is the the sympathetic one from that third film. Uh I mean, even if you look at the mid credits scene in a certain way, technically they rated uh Spider-Man three
0: twice. <laughs> um to see Jamie fox back, to see that outfit and that presentation of the character um just be more grounded and make more sense. Um, it it was just a win. Uh I know you mentioned uh, you mentioned um lizard there as well i mean he's given the least to do because maybe he's the least the least remembered of the five and the least sympathetic i mean at a certain point it's literally hey you stay in a story box until we need you um it's just you know again it, it it's a series of things done right pete i haven't thought about um sandman since the third movie i haven't thought about <laughs> about that uh you know the, the actor for forever and it's just i don't know again it, it it's it's like it makes me think of the, the the marvel team-up movies in that you can take you can take the best things and use them but here what here what 5g and company have done is take the best parts of these characters where you know thomas hayden is. Sandman. oh it's a fairly sympathetic villain origin story and then he goes bad and, and and that's kind of it and to go back and recast it as this guy just wants to be normal and just wants to go home it was always there but it was never used and and it works
1: i think we have
0: to invent
1: some new type of honorary award matt for reconnecting re-establishing hashtag it's all connected a universe on consecutive days with bringing uh you know ear buffett if you've not caught up on hawkeye um vincent d'onofrio's uh kingpin back and then matt murdock in spider-man no way home
0: i can't fully understand how well that was done when you put covid in the mix and scheduling and this and that and the other just because it was the perfect time. Clearly Hawkeye episode 105 was meant to happen before Spider-Man No Way Home in terms of its release in in our universe. You know, how we watch it, that sort of thing. Um, but then Hawkeye is tied to the Book of Boba Fett release that itself needs to be around Christmas because you announced that a year out. And to be able to do all these things... Um, so that there is that unified experience. It just shows that attention to detail. Um, it's stunning. It's absolutely it's absolutely stunning. And that's why, Pete, at the theater, uh, there was that cheer when you saw, you know, it was one thing to go, oh, here's the cane. You go, oh, what are they going to show us? Boom, next shot. Matt Murdock, sunglasses, cane. I'm Matt Murdock. I'm your lawyer, whatever the exact line is. I mean, there was thunderous cheering for that because, you know because people love charlie cox's uh as daredevil people love all of these past stories and to get the affirmation you know they all count and they're all part of a thing somehow some way means a lot
1: pretty ambitious too that the film picks up exactly where the previous one left off
0: yeah and to pick up literally with you know the the voices at the end of the last movie uh Star Trek 2 style that also was um that also was powerful it, it it served as a way to just you know really rewind time across a period of time that a lot of us <laughs> have not been particularly enjoying but to just go okay welcome to your fictional escape and as we rewind let's just think back to that summer where all was all was easy in the world, and it was endgame. And then it was, you know, it was uh, you know, Spider-Tom 2 and and easy peasy lemon squeezy and and to pick up from there, um, ton of fun.
1: Putting Doctor Strange in the Tony Stark role that he had served in the original, and you know, the the shadow, obviously, in the second, uh, really a void that had to be filled there and makes everything in this film possible.
0: It does and I mean I know there was speculation, oh who will the sixth bad guy be? Oh, I bet it's going to be Mysterio. You know, yeah, but you killed him off and that was supposed to be earned like Pete, we don't get a sixth person. However, at least not joining the other five. We don't get a sinister sinister 6 here. Uh we do get Mysterio in this movie by way of previously on Spider-Man the movies. Um, so that kinda kinda counts and kinda doesn't. Taking from Hawkeye as well with the
1: digital trickery, the uh Rogers, the musical billboards, uh, I thought, you know, nice placement, nice way again. Hey, here's what's on your Disney Plus, this is on your uh screen the same month.
0: Well, and it's funny too, because uh the head of Sony um tom rothman emailed everyone at sony today congratulating sony for this big win that sony has created and then he (laughs) signs no joke he signs his his company-wide email excelsior tom and it's like okay i'm not saying sony didn't i'm not saying that this is not a win this is a huge win and -hmm. for as much as i too am concerned about uh, the comments that Amy Pascal made in private, via email, and so forth. You want to say, hey, she has her hand on this win. Um, and to be fair, other wins like uh, Best Picture Nominee for Little Women and so forth. You know, okay, fine. She she, and everyone at Sony who has had a role in this movie uh, deserves the win. His email completely ignores, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the marketing power behind that, and so forth. Did they know that when... When Sony was paying for Rogers the musical billboards, like, oh, and that digital asset now belongs to Marvel. Thanks, copy, paste, put into a Haw- put into a Hawkeye here, Put into a Hawkeye there, and so forth. Um, but Pete, enough drama uh, enough heartache <laughs> between the two uh, the, the two companies here because they have kissed and made up. I- I'll mention Pete, I-, I don't know if you have it on the list here, already announced. Uh, by Kevin Feige that Sony and Disney are working together on another Spider-Man movie. Feige has officially said, you know, no, no need to worry that this is the last one. And the fans don't need to feel that angst anymore. Instead, Pete, it's Aunt May and Happy who have the breakup angst.
1: Uh, Which paves the way for her death. I mean, that they go there, that they went there, um, you know, uh, about the middle of the movie, which I was kind of surprised when they would reach for that. Um, I had heard they were killing her off, but I didn't think it would be then. I mean, it, it works in terms of the story. That's the, the motivation. And then bringing in uh, Toby and Andrew to help him out. Um, but, you know, Marissa Tomei, aunt may r i p um you know, and whoever plays spider man next that aunt may is gonna be you know what's what's the meme it's gonna be approximately twenty seven years old
0: <laughs> i know this pete i I had so few expectations for the movie since I was living largely in a in a blackout side note, it is curious that um. The marketing was so recent on this. I mean, obviously, because they were saying, you know, there's a secret. We can't tell you about it yet. And and thus, this explosion of marketing in the last month or so. But when she said, with great power, there must also come great responsibility, which, by the way, Pete, is the OG line from 1962, Amazing Fantasy number 15. When she said that, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's not fan service. That's what Spider Man characters say before they're about to get killed off. And I don't, I immediately was like going clammy in the watch, you know, in watching because I was like, they just threw down the thing that has not been said in this iteration of the series. And are they about to do it to her too? And it was like seeing a car crash in slow motion.
1: I think the thing that succeeds with the inclusion of all of the characters is the way they nod to those other stories. It's not just a, and this guy does electricity. No, they commit to, he fell into a vat of electric eels and that doesn't work out. And, and the way that they go at that in particular with the other Peter Parker's the other spider Um, I mean, some of it played for laughs. You know, the, the comparison of who shoots webs and how, and what, does that happen anywhere else? Which was great. And, I can't. And I
0: can't believe they went there, but I'm glad they <laughs> I, did I, because I, it was fun. I applaud fun.
1: them for going there. Um, the cool youth pastor, Toby McGuire, joke is outstanding
0: yeah and it's a reminder that you know his charisma and the charisma of kirsten dunst made their movies work uh Mm -hmm. pete let's not forget they are the original on-screen couple to become an off-screen couple and then break up and oh yikes that made work interesting um i think Pete, maybe the best nod to the other stories and stories on top of stories um is you know again you watch uh amazing spider-man 2 you watch the, the second andrew garfield movie and if you have any kind of comics knowledge oh it's gwen stacy they're gonna do gwen stacy they're gonna do the death of gwen stacy like it's so iconic that if you know it it's coming at you the entire time and if you Well, I don't know what the potency is if you don't know it, but that happened. That was what it was. And then to play that out again in this movie, when, when our MJ, when Zendaya MJ starts to fall in the moment, particularly before Andrew Garfield went to go down in the moment, it's like, oh no, they're going to do it again. Like they have that ability, Pete, they just did it with Aunt May. They're going to do it now with MJ And then to have uh, Andrew Garfield swoop in to save the day, I mean, it's it's one of the highlights of the movie in part because it allows the audience to say, Andrew Garfield, it's not your fault your movies didn't work out. You were the little boy who wore a Spider-Man costume as a kid and grew up to be an actor and then grew up and got to play Spider-Man and live your dream. That's the energy that you brought to your character, despite the fact that the studio and the writing and other things didn't quite work. You get this wonderful curtain call here where you get to save, not Gwen, but save in Gwen's memory and save the current iteration of MJ and so forth and, and contribute on screen in the whole nine yards. It was a lovely, lovely moment.
1: It's handled really well. I mean, those two movies, he carries them. She, she, Okay, in particular, Emma Stone is luminous in those, and you you feel the weight of that loss then. Um, you know, the, the credit I'll give those two films, they end those two films really boldly. Um, the the killing off of uh Dennis Leary captain stacy and how well beat for beat at the end they handle it from me watching it for the first time a little over a week ago going he's not going to the he's not going to go see her and then the way they play it off and the whole her going to his um home and you 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 were there and my dad told you, you can't do this. Like they, they, they play her in the best, she's written in the best possible way. And then, you know, with Dunst and, you know, if there's one thing, really two things, I was really hoping we would get, um, Dunst, MJ and, um, before I knew that Gwen Stacy died a little over a week ago, um, I I hope they were going to pop up. And even then, I was holding out hope that Dunst, who my father claims to have delivered, okay, brought into the world, despite the fact, Matt, that I briefly worked for him after my uh, graduate uh, education, and specifically with the goal of, let me find whether my father's telling the truth or not and can find no file in his office.
0: <laughs> well, Pete, a, a mystery for another day. A mystery, I don't know, perhaps best left unanswered or something He like did
1: that. bring us you and my wife, though. So there's that. I mean, Hashtag it's all connected. would be the, the trifecta.
0: I think Um, it would have been nice if there was a place for her. I think that if there wasn't, um again in a movie that has very little to complain about from an audience perspective from a critical perspective from a box office perspective i don't know where you would have put her into this story in a way that makes sense albeit this is a story that kind of inherently does not make sense because it's magic and it's this and it's that so could you come up with a way absolutely um is it maybe pete best answered by the age old you know, stage uh, rule, even wanting more like whether it's multiverse, other multiverse adventures or, or you know, whatever it might be, or maybe it's just one of those things that just ends up not happening, but I don't feel that I'm missing it. I'm just thinking back fondly to the times that she was MJ.
1: The, the big
0: climax
1: uh, is the redeeming, the curing of all these villains at the redesigned Statue of Liberty that was shouted out on Hawkeye the day before by Elena Belova—again, um, just the kismet of bringing this all together.
0: And I'll also add, not that this is of story importance at all, other than you know, great craftspeople at every level of a movie uh, of a TV show they're telling their own they're telling a story too even if it's the story of the belt that the president wears on west wing or or whatever it might be um i get the implied thing that like captain america dies and saves the day and whatnot so the statue of liberty now is going to have a a captain america shield um i'm okay knowing that the fight knocked the shield down revealing the torch um it's a cool it's a cool decision to go and d um you know take the uh, the the copper oxide layer off and get back to the original shiny copper and presumably treat it so it doesn't rust and whatnot. Like that's a cool thing. I don't know why you would do that, but it's cool if that's your redesign. If that's your in-universe, like oh we did it. And plus the the shield. Now the shield gets knocked off because not everything not everything needs to be rebooted. Some things can remain the same. Maybe that's the Uber lesson. Hey, Sony, you don't need to always reboot and let's let's kill Uncle Ben in every movie. You can keep some things the same, um, but it's a lovely design to see the copper, uh, you know, the, the 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 dark copper Statue of Liberty. I look forward to seeing it more elsewhere. I don't know if that's in Hawkeye later this week or just down the line. Again, it's just the, the Statue of Liberty has its own story arc in this movie. Who knew? They
1: kind of did the Spider-Man, Spider-Men pointing at one another meme. I could have done with it being a little bit more overt, uh, but they they did do it and playing up the whole which which Peter are you? I'm Peter two, Peter three. You know you're Peter two uh, at the at the climax there.
0: I wonder if the meme was on this side of silly versus the other side um for example i have read i have not gone back and checked this myself i've read that like the camera work for andrew garfield saving mj like that it is a shot for shot remake of the gwen stacy death not just in terms of like the camera falls down with her that it's like a shot for shot remake um i think i've read that in the hollywood reporter same article the shot at aunt may's grave at the end the camera motion is a quote of Maybe the scene of at Captain Stacy's grave or something like that. Here's my point, Pete. If they've liberally quoted, um, directly quoted some of those things, I think that's it's Spider-Man quoting Spider-Man versus if they outright did the meme, right, standing by a police paddy wagon or whatever, I think then it would have been not Spider-Man doing Spider-Man, it would have been Spider-Man doing the thing that people text to each other. So I think again, it's like leave them wanting more and also. It would have been the wrong. It would have been funny because it's funny to us, not uh, not notable because it's notable to them. I mean,
1: I, I hear that. I hear that, and I think they did enough of their version of it. Uh, speaking of versions, Matt, with the multiverse cracking here, uh, and there's things visible. I haven't seen any, you know, close-up shots though. But did we see Loki? Did we see Sylvie? Did we see? kang he who remains 500 different variants
0: of him i mean add to that i've heard the question do we see comics version of scorpion do we see the comics version of vulture um maybe the answer is yes to all of these i have to say again in the department of restraint i think that there must have been a draft of this where He Who Remains comes out, you know? There must have been a draft of this where Loki and Kang and Silver, where everybody comes and takes a curtain call. And I think not because it's Sony and Disney, not because, oh, well, we want to save certain things for things that are purely on the Disney end. And then we can talk about it in the Loki season two preview behind the scenes special on Disney Plus. Like, I don't think it even was corporate baloney. I think it was just the threat of, The multiverse is really, really scary. Okay, you said a thing. No, 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 it's really, really scary. Okay, you said another scary thing. To have it starting to happen, and then this great sacrifice that we're about to talk about is what just pulls it back. Now we've gotten our nose bloodied, obviously with the knowledge that the next Marvel movie is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but whatever's about to explode there and whatever impact that's going to have on the subsequent films and, and MCU and so forth, this is now officially like to see that cracking and to see those, those shapes there. That's the lady at the beginning of jaws getting, getting pulled down to say, no, this is serious. Now, Pete, before we forget, can you talk about the ending?
1: I, I I can bring myself to, um, you know, with, with the public uh, aspect that, but no, we, we don't want to do what we did to you before when the, marvel sony deal was lapsing and there was anarchy in the streets i i think that created uh the coronavirus actually matt didn't it (laughs) isn't that the origin
0: that's the origin story i mean that i don't know but i think the well i do know that 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 you are jesting um spider-man as a character certainly in the pop culture sphere um spider-man and peter parker can't stray too far from angst-filled high school student um i know for example at some point in the comics and in recent years it's like peter parker owner and publisher of the daily bugle and that may lead to great stories in the comics but when you pick up when you pick up a spider-man comic or uh, an offshoot i think i'd read it in like silk or something like that um You're like, wait, that's not my Peter Parker. So to get this here where Pete, this poor genius isn't even in college yet. Did I see that he's studying for the GED, um, the high school equivalency? Um, And here he is, no family, no friends, apartment on his own, handmade Spider-Man outfit. Um, On the one hand, it breaks your heart. It also gives you something to want for the next one in terms of right. whatever that's going to be. It's it's immediate room to grow as opposed to a smart boy, playboy boy, billionaire boy, philanthropist boy. Um, it, it brings him back close to his roots. Yes, he's not in high school anymore. But it's, it's as close as possible after three movies to that origin point to have a re-origin.
1: And I think it's very smart in terms of how it could open things up. I mean, listen, we want Zendaya back. We want Jacob Batalon back. Uh, Not precluding that they couldn't be. And what have they done here? They gave us three films of high school age Peter Parker where, you know, we barely get a third of the first movie of that uh, with Tobey Maguire. Um, We got two films of it with garfield's uh spider-man um and you know that we're gonna get more that he's gonna pop up i mean we we forget matt that tom holland has played peter parker spider-man in
0: six movies now more than daniel craig played james bond just for some perspective
1: i mean that that, that is perspective um end credit scene mid-credit scene here Uh, and weaving through uh, what happens in the film, that uh, Eddie Brock shows up, uh, that uh, he has this conversation uh, talking about Iron Man, so we know where we are, and then that he leaves a little bit of the Venom symbiote behind, as you said in the theater, the way to have your cake and eat it too.
0: Yeah. Uh, the the only complaint I have about that scene, now I have not seen Venom 2. Venom 1 is a perfectly fine, dumb romp. There's nothing wrong with that movie. There's nothing great about that movie. You sit there with your popcorn and your soda and you have fun. Uh, I'm assuming Venom 2 is the same. I know when my brother-in-law made it a destination to see Venom 2 in the theater uh, opening weekend to get the secret scene that, oh, flash, something had happened, and now he's now he's in the MCU, that was so meaningful to him as a real hardcore Spider-Man guy, Uh, my brother-in-law. I think maybe the fact that, what's the conclusion of that? Let me tell you about the MCU. Oh, wow, now I'm drunk. Oh, no, now I go back. It it undoes it a little bit. But Pete, did we get the sixth member of our Sinister Six? I mean, we got Venom in this movie, not fighting everybody else. It's a fun moment, and the fact that it's now going to give us... um, what frankly always should have been which is a better more long-term symbiote suit leads to venom story which is incredible in the comics the fact mm. that they just commit to it and commit to it and hey there's something kind of weird and commit to it's the suit and commit and then finally undo it um it's you get to have venom back in your sony spider-man universe or whatever they call that you get to have venom in this one at whatever timeline and now we can be on the lookout or we can be on the lookout in retrospect you know is this character wearing a jacket that's actually the symbiote and so forth it's just just filled with possibilities somewhere
1: topher grace is hoping to join tom hardy in
0: the venom no way home (laughs) at some point i I think i i think our plate's just full enough there pete thank you very much
1: (laughs) Uh the the last the end credits uh sequence really kind of doing what they've done a little bit before, more so uh unusual type of trailer for the next Marvel Cinematic Universe film.
0: Yeah, I could have done with more of a legit secret scene, uh or, you know, a narrative thing, not a preview. It is what it is. If nothing else, Pete, um, Disney got a whole bunch of people to go to a Sony movie and watch a trailer for a Disney movie after they watched a a Sony movie. Like, you know, it's all good. It is what it is. I think, too, if you want to sit and go, all right, well, Disney also needs to be, you know, Disney, which, by the way, moved Doctor Strange from March to May or June or whatever it is like. It's May. uh, May. Uh, That was a smart choice that they saw coming a long way out. Um, so you want to give people the full razzmatazz and say, now now you've had four movies in six months. Now you have to wait a relatively long amount of time compared to the four and six months. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm excited about it. I don't know what to think, except for Pete. I'm glad you made sure that we podcasted What If? And we did it on the Marvel Movie Podcast feed because, <laughs> uh, boy, that was a lot more important than I thought.
1: Yeah, uh, that they commit in the trailer to showing you Dr. Strange Supreme that he's going to be a villainous, uh, antagonistic presence in the film. Are there others coming? There's all sorts of rumors about uh, Haley Atwell as Captain Carter. There's some even uh, crazier rumors, Matt, that kind of parallel uh, what we've done in this film so you know is is there a universe where we get that film in february maybe um i can wait till may with everything that we've gotten this year you know four live action series what if four live action films uh overdue pent up uh but yeah we'll be checking that out in may A detailed look at our bad guys. We'll begin with J. Jonah Jameson. And the one question I have, do you think that his uh, involvement in the film, given obviously the performer's age, any factor in terms of COVID?
0: Um i will assume no i think that it makes sense that he starts out as this you know basement dweller with a green screen in his basement and you know rides this hysteria up to you know a more legit set and media operation and so forth um you know jay Jonah jameson is at his best pounding the desk and yelling about spider-man uh Yelling at a kid photographer to go take more pictures doesn't have the kind of reach that it used to 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, So I think that it's just an outgrowth of the character the way way it needs to be now. Uh, And can I interest you in any vitamin supplements, Pete?
1: (laughs) I mean, J.K. Simmons,
0: that we got him back
1: at the end of uh, Far From Home. Um And, you know, most effective included there, certainly, uh, you know, leaving the door open for more of him moving forward. And I hope they are uh, able and, and smart enough to utilize him and, and do the big, you know, Jay Jonah Jameson, you know, swings that they take. I mean, from those original films, um, you know, the, the wonderful presence of that. Uh, Alfred Merlina's uh, Dr. Octopus um, and the simpatico, the relationship that he has with one Holland and two with Toby Maguire. And to have those moments there, I think, you know, perfectly noted.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if he said, I'm only coming back, if I can be a good guy, um, then that worked. If they said, wait a minute, Doc Ock is the turning point by which we can understand all of these villains as redeemable because of the great story elements from Spider-Man 2. And, you know, he had good intention and the things kind of took over and it, it, it's poisoned his mind and whatnot and, and all of that. It just makes story sense. The fact that the greatest um, film villain from the the pure Sony era... Um, becomes the best loved one in terms of you know and and nothing against um green goblin nothing against um the actor and so forth but just doc ock is the he's the most sympathetic of them and it it just makes sense again a lot of these choices they're easy after the fact but if they were easy then we wouldn't have ever needed disney's help because it would have been you know andrew garfield doing a dozen of these
1: with green goblin again to get defoe back to have him you know ham that up do the stunts uh you know do the whole split personality thing um it, it's an embarrassment of riches from the villain
0: standpoint Pete in a movie that has um multiple oscar winners multiple oscar nominees uh and more on the oscar front that maybe I'll just talk about now so I don't forget that tangent but let me start with this uh possible oscar nomination for either uh, or both Willem Dafoe and Andrew Garfield your thoughts i don't
1: think so i know there's been tangential buzz like there was with force awakens Uh, Could this be a Best Picture nominee? I don't see a performance nominee coming, and that's not a slight. We know one of the bias towards comic book fair. I mean, geez, Scorsese and, you know, uh, all, all of these, you know, pinky out guys who do this, despite the fact that. You know, they broke in not with comic book films because they weren't the the term to art uh, they are now and and the institution that they are now. Um, but I I still think there's far too much of a bias for that to happen. I mean I mean listen if Willem Dafoe or Andrew Garfield were to get thrown a supporting nomination out of this that in and of itself would be a win i think garfield's looking at best actor nomination for tick tick boom um and you know
0: sometimes those are cumulative i know that uh we have three peters in the movie we have you here pete uh (laughs) pete hammond uh one of the top writers on deadline um essentially made the argument over the weekend if the oscars are going to nominate um i believe he said they're they're now doing 10 films regardless of uh you know like there kind of was a was a sliding scale in the past but either up to or the the number 10 films being oscar nominated his argument was essentially if this is such a hit with critics if this is such a hit with audiences hey oscars what does it cost cost you to nominate it for best picture and not have it you know, like, okay, fine, it's not going to be voted for by the pinky-up folks, and and maybe a more serious film is going to win. What does it cost you to say that this is one of the best movies of the year in a year that, let's see, Pete, no one went to the movies for very good reasons, but this is the exception to the rule, the argument being reward it on its merits and reward it on its contribution to cinema um, and cinema attendance and so forth with a Best Picture nomination, even if it doesn't have a ch- shot at winning, it still will nonetheless speak to <laughs> it's one of the best pictures that people have seen in the movies this year. You you lose nothing by doing it. Um, and
1: I think there was a compelling argument with The Force Awakens and the, the goodwill of of that installment and rebooting uh, you know the Star Wars episodic movies back in 2015. For whatever reason, it wasn't a direction they went in. Again, I I think people would welcome this. I mean, Matt, are there ten movies <laughs> they're going to be able to nominate?
0: I mean, I think when you factor, um, let's let l- let's pause Corona analysis for a second. When you say, will there be ten top tier? films that have theatrical releases uh, if only some of the small releases that one would normally do in a, in a, in a pre Corona perspective. Uh, Yes. But again, it couldn't hurt in between the I love Lucy movie and the small movie about this and the so on and so forth. It would not hurt to be like, Oh, look, here's Tom Holland and Zendaya walking down the red carpet. They're here for Spider-Man no way home. It's all gravy. I mean, that
1: you go through the cast list of this film the other thing that really struck me okay tom holland 25 zendaya 25 jacob batalone 25 like uh it's yeah i i oh uh the flash actor 25 okay um these are the future generation of of Hollywood. I mean, Zendaya is very clearly at the elite forefront. Uh, Holland's not far behind. Um, Again, I'll I'll go back to losing nothing by throwing them that, knowing that, oh, maybe some more eyeballs will tune into, you know, a a declining ceremony that uh, may need to happen uh, kind of virtually.
0: I mean, tell me why in twenty years when they are forty-five, that can't be the finale of them. That can't be the finale of, you know, MCU version one. And that you could say this is a 30-year story. Now finally we are going to do, you know, the the, the, the universe eater or the this or the that and finally shut the light shut off the lights for mcu number one and and then with the post credit scene which is you know space rays flying away to another universe where it meets the new fantastic four or whatever like the these actors are young enough to do it yeah. you don't need, necessarily need to have you know um dr strange and ant-man last for the next 20 years you can replace them with with other people um whether it's other magical people or other people in the ant-man suit or just other people to do other things to keep it fresh i mean my in a weird way like the sony disney split here not split they're sharing it's almost like this weird thing to not do too much with the character not like it's never going to be tony stark who appears in 12 movies or whatever like spider-man can't quite do that because of the shared nature so that means we get to just pump the brakes and enjoy enjoy it at proper strength. And hey, Lizard Reese Ephens was in this movie too. Yeah, I remember him being the professor and I think Andy won. And then like I said, I really didn't see much of Andy. I don't know that I've seen Andy two all the way through. I know I saw a special effects breakdown on YouTube. Uh, for the Gwen Stacy thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, the Gwen Stacy thing." It's is this the first time I'm seeing the footage? Um, but Pete Electro, okay, Electro. Well, can, I, can
1: we go back to lizard? For we can a second. stick with absolutely. Only, we, Pete, we can
0: regenerate because. a lizard discussion.
1: <laughs> like they they didn't show him with out the arm when he changed over. They made sure like you never saw that, so they cut a little bit of a cost on that, and. To me, the thing with the original McGuire um, movies is how much uh, Dr. Kirk Connors is built up, and we're all ready for Spider Man 4, where he's going to be the guy, and it doesn't happen. And if I'm in the writer's room for this film, you know, that's another note that's shared, like, I fought the lizard. Like, Oh, you fought a lizard? I thought I was going to fight a lizard for the longest time. Like, they did the alien jokes and all that is good. I, I got to wonder, is there a lizard comparison in there someplace?
0: I mean, could it be one of those things that you overwrite it and then in editing you pull it back? Um I think that's something to always keep in mind, that, you know, it's not a bad script that gives you four options and the whole time you're like options 3 and 4 are terrible. Yeah, but when you perform it it might be the one that lands or it might be the funny one or we might go oh, this is the line um you know, I my MJ, you know, not your MJ, my uh, uh, like that's just the one where you go, oh, that's 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 Toby, like whatever it is, you overwrite and then you edit it to the way it needs to be. Um I need to double check. I believe I'm correct in saying that these Spider-Man movies are headed to Netflix short term like for a 2 year deal and then Disney Plus for a longer deal, something like that. I know they um, go
1: to Netflix then Disney. I I don't know the time frame on it. Um and I'm pretty sure the Maguire Spider-Man movies had been on Netflix at one point. They're on Peacock now, I can tell you that much. I mean, I still have the DVDs. Um, finding the um Garfield movies without having to purchase them was a kind of inconvenience. Um through some on demand and then, you know, some commercials cut in and and stuff like that. But I got them in. Um, I had seen bits and pieces of them. Um, I saw the most of the second one on a, on a flight to LA a couple of years ago. And I was like, "Uh, I'm, I'm good with that. And, you know, these are not, the original. And let's hope that that, you know, this was agent of shield, uh, heydays. Let, let's hope that they, they get Spidey back someday, somehow, again, you know, that, that North Korean hack was convenient. Uh,
0: I think now Pete, we can move on to electro who, uh, among other things, Hey, I appreciated that there were enough bolts of electricity to approximate <laughs> his ridiculous <laughs> mask. For just long enough to be like, I saw the mask, and then to, pulled to away. To get
1: the original mask in there, I think, is awesome to change from the blue that's really hard to even tell, to go to the yellow. Um, love how they kind of put him in the fireman, you know, uh, outfit, so that it's kind of, you know, electricity Resistant, retardant, whatever we're going to say. But Jamie Foxx, man, like <laughs> that performance to give him credit for the performance in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and what he does there, you know, the comb over and everything else. But for him to be just regular Jamie Foxx and to be able to do that and, and to get the best improvement of all of these villains and then to get one of the lines of the movie when he says there's gotta be a black Spider-Man somewhere out there.
0: And you know what? I I've gone back and forth on that line because I think on the one hand, you could look at it as glass more than half empty in like, oh, they made a reference, but there's no plan. Like it's not
1: well, let's be honest. What what this has paved the way for is the eventual live action Miles Morales. And this yeah. has <clears throat> absolutely cemented. That's going to happen at some point.
0: Um. Yeah. And I think that's the promise. That's the promise. And you know, you're making a promise about a character and a segment of the audience that, that too far often is underserved, but it can start with a promise. It really, really can. I think too, from the corporate sense and maybe frankly pete from just the 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 pop culture sense miles morales is the biggest animated spider-man you know spider-man in animated form that there's ever been um Mm -hmm. let the two spider-verse sequels play out Mm -hmm. um i think you could you do it side by side sure but how about this spider-verse is beloved spider-verse is uh, uh is uh oscar winning um, let those two sequels play out, and then if uh, if on the back of that, in the last bit of the 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 end, if it is the end of the Spider Verse trilogy, uh, all of a sudden, sparks and this and that, the other, and he falls through another Spider Verse hole, boom, falls into live action, and it's now a live action guy or or whatever. You know, could these could the three Spider Verse movies be the, be the setup for the greatest Miles Morales Spider Man? live action film that you could possibly imagine. Uh, sure. After Spider-Man, no way home. Sure. All is possible
1: with Sandman, with Flint Marco here. Um, obviously Thomas Hayden church, like we said before, most sympathetic of the three bad guys that we had to get in the third movie. That trope of must the number match the number of villains in the film um you know I, I i think he fits i mean he's not anybody's favorite in this lineup it's a tough lineup um it's not exactly a mount rushmore uh you know all the way through um but you know to get past the CGI stuff, they could have just said, all right, we're gonna, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll throw his voice in there, but to, to have him, to see him in there, you know, somebody, his big moment and, and getting the the Spider-Man sequel with sideways, you know, back in the day, um, and, and his, uh, you know, Oscar, uh, recognition, um, To bring him back here, again, I just speak to the the bench that they had to draw from.
0: I think, too, you look at this list of baddies, who's the most relatable? Uh, It's Sandman. He just wants to get home to his family. Like, you know, Doc Ock uh, family is now dead. If you, you know, uh, not if you include. I know there's a little bit of kind of (laughs) there's a little bit of loving time jumping to make all this work, and that's okay. Um, But if they're pulling them out of our best memories but still keeping the movies that we know canonical in, in other universes. Okay, Doc Ock's family is dead. Green um, Green Goblin's family is dead. Lizard, I don't even know if they talked about the family situation. Ditto for Electro. Sandman is the one to say, I am humanized. Also, the rest of these guys are humanized too. Even if we don't tell their stories. I just want to get home to my wife and kid. Like, it... it, it, it 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 is a shadow that's cast over all of them.
1: Let's talk about some humans that help us get home to our wives and
0: kids. (laughs) Pete, this podcast made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Keeping things going, particularly uh, as we are gobbling up the storage and bandwidth and whatnot that is is sent our way Uh, to be listener-supported makes makes the whole thing just uh, worth it, easier, and a joy each and every single time we sit down.
1: This being our 95th podcast of the year, Matt, (laughs) of 2020, um, in a week and a half, which we're pretty much going to record something just about every day and blow away any previous month that we've had this year. I mean, September, October, November, we've had 10 podcasts each um we're at seven this will be our eighth in december and we're going to just annihilate that and it it is quite literally a memory issue matt will send me these texts about we have this much left and here's my plan for this and i gotta cross this wire and all that and you know patreon makes that happen for us to be able to afford that and to be entirely listener supported so a massive thank you uh at the end of this year to all of those people um and then if you can't contribute right now and get yourself over to apple podcast leave us a rating a review on this on the marvel movie podcast on any of our 25 podcast feeds helps us immeasurably gets the word out welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize more Holland Spidey Matt
0: I mean to know that that um I almost said Jeff Loeb oh my goodness that's another universe entirely to know that Kevin Feige has said they're already working on the next one we don't want to do what we did to you and again Disney just played that so it so evil Sony and <laughs> little Mickey Mouse who wants to protect us you know um, despite the fact it's kind of the other way around in in when it comes to the movie ends of those companies. Anywho to reboot this character who's barely gonna get into college which oh by the way Pete let's let's assume this you know super bright kid passes the GED um he has the intellect to go to a top tier, College anywhere in this country, many of which are physical places that would not be suitable for Spider-Man. You know, uh, can you imagine him going to Stanford? Oh, here I am at like Southern California, where there's nowhere to swing from. You know, to to, to now sit and go, oh man, at the beginning of Holland Four, uh, Pete, he got into you know City College or Nighttime Polytechnic or whatever. We go, oh my goodness, my heart breaks for you, Peter Parker but he still is able to be in new york uh they have reframed the spider-man the mcu spider-man um call to not be savior of the universe in the marvel civil war and against Thanos, but to be the friendly neighborhood spider-man that's where we get to start from while he he's doing that while dealing with a real suit and not broop, nano suit broop, back to my normal suit pete before he gets a suit that can maybe shift on its own, maybe all black suit venom and so forth um, to do college classes versus helping the lady who look, the dump truck slipped a gear and it's not stopping and all that. Yes, that is Holland for bring it on. We've still never gotten the origin.
1: We know he was bitten. Um, I think it could be a unique way to examine that since it's going to kind of be a soft reboot with
0: everything that you just said there. Oh, really, Pete? Oh, really? (laughs) Guess what? I have a pearl necklace and a gunman outside a movie theater from DC (laughs) who begs to differ. Guess what, Pete? He got bit by a spider. He does these things. He can't make web out of his hand or his wrist or his anywhere else. He's got to make his own web, which means story-wise, he runs out of web when he needs to. The end. Next. No way. I'm not seeing anybody from The Walking Dead get killed by anybody from The Walking Dead again with a pearl (laughs) necklace and a gun and a kid going, me daddy no no more no more wait till we
1: get the uh the dc version of this with the the batman in um the the flash movie and uh listen i'm not gonna lie your mom was martha my mom was martha
0: my We're, mom was right, martha too
1: right. we'll we we'll all love keaton okay that they've got um They've got Batfleck coming back. Like, I'm not going to lie that I don't want to see that. Um, And again, this film didn't create the idea of crossover with generations. I mean, look at your your Star Trek. Look at your Star Wars. It's been written a lot about this weekend. But um, I think they've done a lot towards perfecting it and updating it. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how they're going to proceed. Let's talk about Matt. So let's assume for a moment. Well, Zendaya, yeah, maybe she pops in. Otherwise they could choose to leave this. And I, I think there's a bittersweet beauty to it. Um, you want to cast your MCU Gwen Stacy or your Felicia Hardy.
0: I think, I think here's the creative and corporate discussion. If you have Zendaya and you know she knows that she's in you know a quarter of the movie, the quarter a quarter of these movies, like you don't need to set aside 30 weeks while we film in Prague, St. Petersburg, you know, uh Canberra and so forth where it's not this globe-trotting thing. Come on in, swoop in for, you know, 10 weeks, film your stuff, head back to your other projects. I feel like that, plus the stardom she brings, plus the goodwill her MJ brings, plus, Pete, the fact that we want them to fall in love all over again for the first time, that might preclude certainly Gwen Stacy. You want to say Felicia Hardy as, will they or won't they? And the movie goes, no, they won't. It's, It's just a really great actress, who looks good and in the rebooted cat uh, black cat outfit and so forth. But nope, we're not doing a romance here um, because he's so dedicated to his lady love, MJ. I feel like that's the way to do it. Um, and I feel like, frankly, the Garfield movies... Um, the Garfield movies wrestled with the power of the Toby movies' love with MJ... So then you do the opposite of that because it was so powerful. Now you do something else. I think you just keep what you have and you sit and go, Zendaya, what will it take to keep you around to have you do 10 weeks of this? And, oh, by the way, Disney would also like to offer you the starring role in such and such. Like, you can make it work. And there's also going to be uh, an ABC two-hour musical event hosted by you. Like, you name it, we'll do it across the different stuff to have you show up as the female lead. In the next three Spider-Man movies,
1: much like Doctor Connors was set up and never followed through with the McGuire films, you had um, Felicity Jones was going to be spun off. Well, first she was going to, you know, become Black Cat in the Amazing Spider-Man films. And then she was going to be spun off and they never went there. She has aged kind of out of that. I mean, uh, I didn't realize she was 38. It, it's crazy that these principal actors in these different generation films, they're like the same age, <laughs> uh, you know, Garfield, her same exact age, uh, all the principals from this one. Um, I, I think it'd be really neat to, try to take a stab at both of them, at both Gwen Stacy and Felicia Hardy. I mean, heck is, is there a, an Osborne to be had in, uh, um, Tom Holland's universe. We'll see. I mean, I, I think the, the buddy stuff done in those original three are, you know, largely the ones we're always going to think of. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have actresses I can name for it, but I, I think like everybody
0: else, we, we'd really be interested in seeing it. And I think with this week's Hawkeye, it brings up the question: Can, can Kingpin be a villain? Heck, Pete, could Kingpin be a villain, and could you get some Daredevil in there as well? Uh, I feel like all are possible um you know again we're in this age of sharing between sony mm-hmm. and disney where it's it's not just oh man uh sony or rather disney tricked sony to pay a whole lot of money for robert downey jr that disney didn't need to pay like this is a viable back and forth relationship now and both understand that they need each other um and I think the memory of, I don't know, just make some Spider Man movies. Then we'll do a Secret Six spin off. Then we'll do a Black Hat spin off. Like, no, you need the core to be strong. You need the core to be, frankly, MCU powered. And Kingpin is back in the MCU. So why not in a Spider Man movie? I mean, it's got to
1: make the most sense as the next MCU film that. D'Onofrio's Wilson Fisk could appear in. Um, you know, he's he's not going to be in Doctor Strange. He's not going to be in Thor. He won't be in Black Panther. I mean, maybe. Uh, well, no, Ms. Marvel's uh, TV, not a not a film. I mean, yeah, it would make the most sense of of any of the ones that are sitting out there. I mean, maybe he pops up in in Fantastic Four, but um, yeah, I mean, put him with Spidey. We we know how that cooks, and uh, I think that could
0: be a heck of a lot of fun. We have maybe the most Ned use in this film of the three. Uh, Does he have a future as maybe Hobgoblin? Uh, Does he, as somebody said to me earlier today, he had all this magic potential? No, no, no. He has all this magic potential. He's just forgotten that he has it. So what do you think, (laughs) Pete? Is it one? Is it both? Is it Sorcerer Goblin? I Listen,
1: so much credit. The amount of weight that he lost. I didn't realize. 102 pounds? Just tremendous. I mean, congratulations to him. And... You know, we love the interaction between him and Holland and, and Zendaya. Uh, so bring it on. Give him more to do if it's in some way been prophesized by the idea of learning and and now forgetting that, you know, in one universe, Peter Parker's best friend betrayed him uh, and tried to murder him and, and, you know, died in his arms uh, and the the you know saccharine yet uh you know sad way that that's played in the laboratory scene yeah i i think
0: that's something we'd all be there for i i think too they need to recognize that ned is the you know ned is to these films as m and q are oh, let's say q I'm the chair what's that guy in the chair oh absolutely he, he like, admitted it to the <laughs> to the agent yeah and like the fact that the james bond films were able to bring back the same q actor every single time granted you know slightly different age and you know people weren't necessarily like where's my q the spinoff on netflix and you know things like that but like make it happen i would love for nothing more than to hear jacob Badalon is having a tough time scheduling spider-man five because he's so busy doing other things that would be fantastic i think that a you could have him in first position for spider-man so that's always going to win out schedule wise uh and b just that he would be loyal but in the interim his career has not exploded outside of spider-man so like make it work the guy's a valuable part of this let the agents figure out what the value is contract wise let's have him in the next one no worries no this no that if only Matt uh
1: Marvel Disney Plus had a show coming about a lawyer.
0: <laughs> um and I think that's maybe smart money on where Daredevil pops up next, which is She-Hulk, which I have on my schedule in the in the uh, undated portion of 2020 uh um because I think it's tentatively, what, before the summer, because Ms. Marvel is before the summer, so that's 10 half-hour episodes, uh, which, by the way, Pete, is 300 minutes, just like all these Disney Plus shows. Um, I mean, come on. She-Hulk, she's a lawyer. Another lawyer, he's now in the MCU. Official Kevin Feige has made a, I don't know, an Excelsior sign or a web shooter sign or whatever <laughs> on the on, Daredevil's forehead and made him officially part of it. Like, it's got to be, right? Gotta be. Gotta be.
1: All these signals now, suddenly, that, and, and this happens when there's the buzz and the, you know, blow through success like this film. But all these signals that they want uh, Andrew Garfield. For more projects, that they want Toby McGuire for more projects.
0: That I kind of have a hard time believing, if only because, like, go out on top. Okay. Uh, Toby Three was not good. Guess what? Toby Four is an epic in that it's Spider Man No Way Home. Andrew never got Andrew Three because of the perceived failure financial success but the perceived failure that he only could pull in two movies that did 700 million dollars a piece uh so he never got his third one guess what andrew three in no way home is is his epic one are there ways to bring them back sure is it going to be diminishing returns that's the number one thing is this diminishing returns to bring them back i kind of think so um Period. I just think so. Like, they've had their moments. They've had... We're never going to forget what it was like to be like, who is that on the other end of the alley? Oh, man, it's Andrew. Oh, okay, this has got to be Toby. Oh, look, they're all together. Now they're all in the suits. Like, it's all... For the first time, we fell in love again. We can't fall in love again for the first time a second time. (laughs) Leave it there. Secret Wars is out there. I mean, it's tantalizing. You know, okay. Let me pull back everything that I just said. Canonical return for them. <laughs> I think that takes it away. You want to have a gag where, you know, a shapeshifter all of a sudden is like, "Well, how about I could be this guy, Spider Man? I could be this guy, Spider Man." Again, it could be fun. It could be. It it could be not undoing the end of this movie and their part of it. Is it still diminishing returns? It is. We'll see. We'll see. So
1: I think where we go with all this, given, I mean, when we saw this on Thursday afternoon, we knew it was going to be a big success. I don't think we thought it would rake in what it did. Um, Hopefully people smartly, safely continue to consume this over the holidays. But I think a way to sum this all up is to ask the question, how does this pave the way for what's next does Patrick Stewart somehow put in a cameo here in uh you know Doctor Strange uh, multiverse of of madness is it going to be Ian McKellen is it going to be Hugh Jackman um we've heard all these rumors you know oh Tom Cruise will play uh you know what if he was Tony Stark that kind of thing
0: like how how much more can they do? I think here's the bottom line. Do you want to be, we got the high in this movie of the past. Do you want to be chasing that high? I think that it's a slippery slope. Um, it's a slippery slope when you have all these great characters ahead of us, particularly when there's been a concerted effort by kevin feige by marvel studios by disney to build on the success that you had for the first 10 years and to have a have the next 10 years of the mcu better reflect the world as it is in terms of uh gender diversity racial diversity uh orientation diversity and so forth would i love to see more of patrick stewart uh yes in fact pete uh i may need to reassess some of my harshness for picard season one because i've been re-watching it and it turns out it's delightful um i just don't know you get back patrick stewart ian mckellen um they've been back one last time for the final time so many times in the 20th century fox films is the place to do it multiverse of madness the way i understand the schedule yes like i don't know that thor and thor 4 and black panther 2 and the marvels and quantum mania and guardians of the galaxy volume 3 I don't know that these are movies that are still dealing with the fallout of the multiverse. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I suspect that's not the next. And I'm going to go fight Thanos. And I'm going to get this stone. And you're going to get that stone. You know, I think we're going to start to... It's a smaller arc for this. Um, you want to bring them back in Doctor Strange? Great. Also on this list is Hugh Jackman. Here's what I would say for that, Pete. He had his final movie. He, Hugh Jackman chose the end of Logan. It was Logan. The, at the, at that point, the highest Oscar-nominated comic book movie with a nomination for Best uh, Adapted Screenplay. He died. They tipped the cross to an X, the end. Hugh Jackman, don't come back. You you went out on top. We don't need one more cameo, one more this. You went out on top. You hit the game, you know, game seven, grand slam, home run to win it all. That's it. You don't need... you you're then if he comes back you're just chasing the high he'll be he'll be back with deadpool it, it's it's gotta happen it's it's gotta happen
1: and i i think ryan reynolds pops up in uh multiverse of, of madness and that's where deadpool uh makes his his entry in whatever happens matt we'll be bringing it to him
0: Let's check the wire. Pete, we go to our Twitter where we had a poll going, and the poll reads as follows. No spoilers, of course. How many Liberty emojis do you give the movie? See, Pete, it was actually a secret, kind of vague spoiler, and that the climax of the movie is at Statue of Liberty. Um, one Statue of Liberty may not be looking good. Uh, it's 2.7%. I'm sorry, you're just wrong if you voted for that. You are objectively wrong. Uh, how many movies have been released in the last 40 years? 97 of them or 94 of them uh have gotten A pluses on cinema score. This is one of them, sorry. Uh two, Statue of Liberties So Strange got 5.4%. Uh three Statue of Liberties Best Spidey Three Yet got 43.2%. And then Pete 4, Statue of Liberties Best Picture Nominee question mark got 48.6%. Uh from tweets we heard from noelle gardner uh at Noel camille on twitter who i think pete one day in the mcu there will be a a, a a statue erected in her honor uh she says best spider-man movie exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point i had low expectations for this film i thought it was going to be too much i was wrong man i was wrong i uh, it was spectacular the cameos wow the cameos uh, we heard from Darren Bell. That's Darren B46052059. Absolutely loved it. And had no idea that a certain character made an appearance. I think he's talking about Daredevil, though I'm not sure who. Um, I'm trying to think who else was a... I mean, like a surprise, surprise. We all kind of knew it was going to be like Battle of the Spider-Man. I don't know. Uh, Andre Yeager, Dr. Polo in 1983. Best Spider-Man movie to date. I can believe they exceeded... Uh, my, I think he means, I can't believe they exceeded my expectations. The audience reactions were amazing throughout the whole thing. Not going to spoil it for everyone, but this movie is a must-see with a crowd. Uh, we heard from BikeBRH. That's at BikeBRH. I don't give four stars too often. Uh, and other than a character death I wasn't in love with, this is a top five through seven MCU movie for me. Dealing with back problems myself currently, I empathize with a couple of the guest characters. Uh, we heard from is this hell question mark that's wattle of bits uh where's the option for staying home waiting for the spider-man surge to show up in the pandemic statistics Uh, pete we both share the concern uh you you were double masked i was single masked Mm -hmm. fingers crossed right i just you know the way things have gone here
1: in jersey the last couple days and just the spread you know, we we made the exception and I'll be upfront. I've been the stick in the mud uh, with Matt and scheduling this. And, you know, against my better judgment, as things were slowly climbing, we booked these tickets and now it's exploded. Um, so I just hope, again, that that people are safe, that people are smart. The window for these things to come home. I mean, listen, I'm I'm not gonna lie that I'm pleased as punch that I'm gonna be able to sit on my own couch and enjoy my own refreshments uh on Wednesday night and watch Matrix Resurrection. The same way I have with uh Dune, the same way I have with the Suicide Squad. And like I I think that model's got a very firm foothold now. Um, you know, we may if if things continue to go south again wind up in a situation where they're pushing films back again um so we'll have
0: to see but you know be safe next up pete is eric pritchard that's at coach underscore pritch all i can say about no way home without any spoilers for spider-man uh is that it lived up to the hype fantastically i might add pete that's fantastic with a ph hashtag make mine marvel we heard from ben larson that's at larson ben uh, maybe the best live-action Spider-Man yet. I didn't think they'd be able to pull off a movie with this many characters, but they did it. Uh, but they did. Everyone was involved. Everyone got a moment. It built on and paid off not just the last two movies, but all seven previous movies. We heard from Nathan Nolan Edwards. That's at Nolan Edwards. So glad I saw it on the first day. So satisfying. And last, Pete, but certainly not least, is Rose Ferry. That's at Anna Rose Eight uh pardon me anna rose 584 i'm looking forward to hearing the podcast and comments from fellow geeks so satisfied in every way and there's more than i expected can't wait to see it again funny emotional and respectful to the franchise so pete we are wrapping up on positive news there from twitter
1: and i i think roundly you mentioned the the cinema score you know i've I've not heard anybody Uh, down on this film um is it the uh mj self-fulfilling prophecy of you know you you have uh low expectations and uh if it works out then then you're pleased it it's possible um but i think in every way this exceeded them
0: well pete with that we can start to look ahead for those who listen on the marvel movie podcast feed uh eternals hits disney plus on january 12th and as a side note pete to and to move from looking forward to looking backwards for a second it's been interesting to realize how much promotion for shang chi has been done around its disney plus release just you know little things including um Simu Liu doing the autocorrect interview for Wired. You know, just stuff like that that makes its way into, into the zeitgeist. You know, that was done for the Disney Plus release. So it'll be interesting for uh, Eternals. Pete, I'd like to forecast right now, we will not be as enthused. Um, <laughs> but that comes out January 12th, so that I'm, third...
1: I'm looking forward to it. Uh, was it the thing that was going to pull us back to the theaters? I think we knew it wouldn't be. Um you know, that was always going to be Spider-Man in the in the levels, the near historic levels that it has. But all right, look, we're going to look at it and we're going to talk about it the way we always do.
0: Um That third weekend in January is when we'll be podcasting that. So you can keep an eye out over on the Marvel movie podcast feed. And as mentioned before, if uh, you join us on the Pop Culture podcast feed, you know, it's just uh, Hawkeye, Discovery, Matrix, <laughs> Hawkeye rap, Boba Fett, and Discovery in the next two weeks. So, you know, nice, nice simple stuff there. You know, Pete, no how, big can, deal. <laughs> how can people be in touch with you to talk about only the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Star Wars, and Star Trek Universe, and the Matrix? And I'm assuming at the end of the Matrix is when it's revealed that the movie that we were watching is a simulation, and also we are in a simulation. Oh, goodness. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Peter, P
1: I E T E R J K L R K E T E L A A
0: R 12,261. Followers can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are fantastic Geek as well. But we, Pete, there's more facebook.com slash fantastic geek with the p and the h all one word like it today with that pete looking forward to all of the podcasting fun that is ahead with that i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word i'm magic now